0: LBC 97.3 This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen.
1: Morning! Steve Allen here with you this Sunday morning. As you know, I've been quite unwell this week, but that doesn't mean that we haven't got lots to choose from for my best bits of the week, so stay tuned for the next couple of hours. Coming up at 6, I'll be in conversation with actress Nadia Sawala and Jill Halfpenny. But first, let's have my favourite bits from the week, and this week I was proven right about the horse meat scandal. I hate to say it all the time, it, it makes me feel ill to go, told you so, told you so, told you so, told, told you so. Seven in ten kebab shops adulterated by cheaper meats. I told you, they're buying in cheap rubbish. They might not know it's been infected with horse. They went through, I, I went through a supermarket, I went through two supermarkets over the weekend, and I found it fascinating that people are not buying ready meals, don't blame you. I wouldn't touch another ready meal. I've made a conscious decision now that I can eat healthily without buying a ready. I don't want to buy a ready meal. I don't because, you know, they might lie to me. They might lie on the packet. So I've decided I'm not going to buy it. They actually bought some burgers in a shop over the weekend. Bird's eye have been tainted now. Bird's eye. And the reason being, if you can't find out where this meat came from, and you can guarantee all the way through, and not one of them can guarantee it, unless they own the abattoir and they own the actual butchery side of it, then I'm not buying from them. So that's why farm shops, fish shops, everybody else is doing really well at the moment. The supermarkets are taking a hit. Because I don't want to buy any ready meals. The shelves are full of them. Full of ready meals. You know, I don't want to buy anything unless... I think. One shop had outside the other day, we know our mince is good, we mince it ourselves here. Because when you're buying in mince from somebody else, I don't don't think you can guarantee it. And that's why I'm not going to risk it. I wouldn't buy a kebab if you paid me. Filthy, disgusting things, you know, really bad, made out of mince. Which comes? In. They don't mince it, they just get this mince in, in big bags, and they make it into a round thing, and then they, they form it round the the central pole, and then they put bacon and all the rest of it. But the mince is contaminated. Seven in ten. Seven in ten. Because it's cheap. Why do you think a kebab is two ninety five? Because it's cheap crap meat. It's what you're buying, isn't it? It's like watching the jewellery channels. Oh, I'm, do you know, I'm, I'm still as fascinated now as I was about a year ago with Saturday morning garbage on the television. I mean, real garbage jewelry. If you choose to buy this garbage, then it's only your own fault. And to watch these bimbos, priceless bimbos, men as well as women, sitting there going, oh, look, I can't... I mean, the acting is so bad. I could forgive them anything. I can forgive them selling, you know, rubbish. I can forgive them trying to hoodwink you into buying something that's worth nothing. It's worth... But listen, if they, what was the one they had the other day? I did laugh. £74,000. I thought, oh, yeah, somebody who's, who's got £74,000 is not going to be buying off the television. They're going to be going to their own jeweller and having something created for them. You're not going to buy... Anyway, by the time we'd finished, we'd come down to, I think it was about 1000 something which goes to prove what a pile of old garbage it is. And they had this poor bimbo there. I mean, I think she... To be honest with you, it was so embarrassing to what I can't remember which channel it was. I was going to write it down. Because just to test her out, they put the fire alarms on and then the whole thing degenerated, you know, into some farce. It's run by children. And I was just watching this poor bimbo sitting there, not, not knowing, should I get up, should I go? Should... What, what does this bell mean? And I'm thinking, well, it means you're still selling the rubbish you were when we started this morning. So they sit there and they had one thing, it came up, it was £799. And then she goes, this is just, it's so rare... Was so rare this thing, and I thought seven hundred and ninety-nine pounds. What what rubbish are we going to glean from this? And the answer is, it came out in nineteen ninety-nine. I can't believe we're doing at that price. I thought, of course you can, unless you're very stupid. Perhaps you've been on a jury recently. Nineteen pound ninety-nine pence down from seven hundred pounds because they're selling rubbish. If you choose to buy your jewellery on these websites, that's your problem. What you're buying is, is garbage. You're buying garbage. Real diamonds, she goes. I thought, yeah, the word industrial should really go in front of that. Real diamonds. 1999. Oh, look at this. Oh, this is really lovely. I thought God, I'd be seen dead in that. I wouldn't want people pointing and laughing. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? Absolutely terrible. On the subject of um, Stephen Mulhern, Dawn says, one of your listeners told you he's the host of the new catchphrase which they're bringing back. He is indeed... Because I went to see one of the new Catchphrase shows recorded back in January. On the info I got for the show before I went to see it, it said, dress in bright colours so I might spot myself on the telly. And there was a woman at my show in the audience who was wearing such a bright top, she was virtually glowing. Stephen had to ask her if she had something darker to put on, because the top was too bright. She says, uh, by the way, if you see Stephen again, ask him if he remembers that happening. It was very funny at the time. He's very nice, isn't he? He is He's very nice. <coughs> Excuse me, very nice person. Uh, Russell Brand is going to be doing a few shows in this building with one of the Gallaghers. It's Noel. And uh, they're a special series of shows to mark this year's Teenage Cancer Trust gigs. All oh, right, because that's on at the Royal Albert Hall, I think, 19th to 24th of March. And she says, I'm going. She says, uh, I shall also be listening to the radio shows on that other radio station, which is in our building. Good. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Sure you will. Uh, I enjoyed the In Conversation, says Noreen. Listened to Linda Robson twice, live and podcast. Both pulled at your heartstrings. Yes, I mean, it was uh, it was very touching. Very touching. If you've not heard it, you must you must listen to it. Very, very touching. A friend of mine, she says, is off to Florida for a series of Peter Noon gigs. I'm hoping to go next year. Have a great day and please no more snow. Oh, I agree. And June G, a belated happy birthday from us all. Big fan. So June G... Many happy returns of the day. Lovely. dot Um so going back to I want to get round to the papers in a moment. There were so many things I was watching on the telly over the over the weekend and I can't remember. Oh that's right. I watched Anton Deck. I watched Anton Deck. That was very good. We had that global superstar Rabina Williams on. Oh what a bore. Unfortunately, the world of musicals is safe without Robbie Williams. He completely annihilated Singing in the Rain, proving once and for all that Robbie ain't no singer, and he can't act either. He's just... The trouble is, too many people pander to Robbie Williams, and I just don't think it's necessary. He's just that naff bloke from Stoke-on-Trent who can't dance, and that kind of sums him up. He was attempting to do Singing in the Rain with the cast of the show, and, and... I couldn't work out if he was singing live. I suspected he was miming. I suspected, and Anton Denker... Anton Denker, whatever they do, it just works for them, doesn't it? Doesn't matter whether they're being silly, but then they ruined it. They brought on Ashley Roberts, who's from the Dancing on Ice programme, and of course, I suddenly realised, didn't didn't the little the little one have a fling with her over in the jungle? Because she looks like that sort of person. <coughs> Why are we have to put up with bloomin' Americans presenting on our television programmes? I've got no idea. Absolutely dreadful. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but, I mean, she needs to get her nose fixed. She, you know, she was a pussycat doll. For that read, read, they writhe around a pole a few times. They pitched up on the Royal Variety Show years ago. They were garbage. Absolute garbage, I'm afraid. Really, really terrible. Terrible. But I suppose we have to put up with them, and they were all over her like a rash. Well, he was, a little one. There was lots of touching going on, but I suspect there'd been quite a bit of touching over in uh, over in the jungle, which is OK. You know, but quite clearly she'll sort of do anything to further the career. That's the way it kind of played as far as I was concerned. So here you have Cardinal Keith O'Brien, who should be allowed to help choose the next pope, it's been claimed. This is... Four people, no less than four people have come back from, I think, 30 years ago. Inappropriate behaviour. Now, this is... Now, if if you're saying that these people are men and it's inappropriate behaviour, as far as I know here, uh, because the Cardinal has denied... All the allegations. He's said to be seeking legal advice. It's unusual, isn't it, to have four people. You know, one person, two people, met three, you know, four people. That, that's kind of enough. But this man has always been anti-gay. All his stances, everything that he's ever spoken out for, is towing the party line within the church. He's campaigned vigorously against same-sex marriages. I mean, you don't think the whole thing's a giant cover-up, do you, by the church yet again? I find it odd, though that somebody would come forward after all these years and make claims. And it was done specifically to time with his, uh, with his stepping down. I mean, they're demanding immediate action. Three priests and an ex-priest have complained about his behaviour towards them going back 30 years. It's inappropriate behaviour, but we don't know what that is. I have no idea. Nick will be talking about that later on today. In fact, it seems to run through the programme. There should be a statement, incidentally, coming, I think, mid-morning on that one. But there's also... Vince Cable, who was denied knowing of the Reynard Sex Pests case. This is Chris Reynard, who is admired, respected, and feared to quite an astonishing degree, and uh, there are various people who have come forward to say inappropriate behavior again, it, it's, it's just running right through the country, isn't it? In a, I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. So here is Cardinal Keith O'Brien. I mean, can you look at somebody and go, "gay? You know, or do you, or do you look at somebody and go, well, he's 74. And we go, he's, he's a kindly old man, he's in the church, supposedly, he's there devoting his, his services to Christ. But if you go back 30 years, he was a 44 year old man. Would he have done inappropriate. I mean, judging by his stance on gay people, quite clearly the answer is he appears not to like gay people. So would that be a cover-up? I mean, I don't know. When we get the statement later on today, we'll have a better idea, I suppose. Oh, Adele has won the best song for Skyfall. God, that movie goes on forever and a day. You could you could grow a beard watching Skyfall. Oh, far too long, as far as I was concerned. So Adele's got that. I like Adele. Is that the one? No, 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 like you. I have no... Is that Adele? She's nice. She could do with eating more at the salad bar, couldn't she? I suppose. No, she's OK. She's just had a baby. Oh, that's right. Oh, she can't lose the weight. I was horrified to discover that uh, well-known glamour, ex-glamour girl around town, and now really looking rough as heck, uh, poor old Katie Price, uh, having known a man for about five seconds, has managed to get herself pregnant again. Which is great. So at the moment, she's just one behind Ulrika Johnson. Ulrika Johnson was four by four, Katie Price is three by three. But unfortunately, I don't know any cars which are three by three, so it doesn't really help. And so she'll be having this one. And no doubt, because you've got the wedding. They're going to restage the wedding for a bit of of the old filthy Luca. And, uh, And then this husband will last all of five minutes, like the rest of them. Like the rest of them. They don't last five minutes. It's great. I wonder whether she'll be putting the baby up for auction and we're having pictures of the baby and stuff like that. I don't know. I do find it a bit tacky. Oh, it wasn't planned. Oh, God, so unprotected sex as well. Even better. Even better. And the story... Now, I did this story. I have to... I don't want to... Again, I don't want to have to say, I told you so, I told you so. But, you know, when you buy a scratch card, you go in and you buy a scratch card from the National Lottery and you go into a newsagent, it doesn't matter where it is, and it says, first price, £100,000. And so you buy a scratch card, don't you? Come on. Thinking, I can win £100,000. No, you can't. Because what Camelot don't tell you is that in many cases you have zero chance of winning. Because the prizes have been won. But there's no point in them telling you that when they printed thousands and thousands of tickets. They want to sell all the tickets. And I discovered this anomaly some time ago when I went onto Camelot's website. And I was trying to find out how many prizes were left in a £250,000 game. I think there was one prize of £250,000, and then there were various other prizes. So I went on, and it turned out that the prize had been won. But they don't tell you. They don't tell you that that prize has been won. So, knowingly, they're thieving from you. You're going into a shop, and you're buying a ticket. You're not buying a ticket to win threepence, are you? You're going in to win £250,000, or £100,000. But if all the, you can only find out by going onto the website if the prizes have been won. And sometimes it says both prizes have been won, but they carry on selling the tickets. And so now, finally, the sun on Sunday went in, and they've, stu- they've only... I mean, I did this phew, ten years ago, ten years on the programme. Martin Lewis says one would hope if you're buying a scratch card that advertises a chance to win £100,000, you actually have a chance. I mean, the cards can legally remain on sale even when all the top prizes have gone. So as far as I'm concerned, they're thieving off you. They're... that's... 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 I mean, that's... that's misleading. Who says I don't look out for you all? Well, let's take a quick break here, after which we'll talk about
0: last week's Oscars. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen.
1: Welcome back. Last weekend was the 85th Academy Awards in Los Angeles. And of course, LBC 97.3 was across the event throughout the morning. The show that goes on forever And I'm sure people die in the middle of it The punch-up on the television we think is in Italy Or Russia It's got half-naked women And people are like that They write things across their chests. Although Bosoms came up quite a lot in the Oscars as our entertainment editor, Joe Parkinson from LBC 97.3, is about to tell us it's boobs all the way, isn't it?
2: Yeah, um, Seth what McFarlane, a... who's uh, who's hosting for the first time, and maybe the last time, I'm not sure, uh, mixed reviews I think, uh, opened the show with a song about boobs, and uh, all the famous actresses in the audience, and which films that we'd seen their their, their boobs in. Um, I actually find him absolutely hilarious, I'm a big fan of his work, um, yeah. I love Family Guy, um, I thought the film that he did, Ted, was really funny and so I, I think he was a really good host and introduced some quite genius um, new new things. So when the uh, winners were going over their allotted time, he played the Jaws theme tune (laughs) so, <laughs> da, 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 da. But I did note, and actually, maybe this is a bit unfair because he only did it to the people winning in the technical categories. So oh. the people that no one knew. So when Anne Hathaway went over hers, she didn't get the Jaws theme tune, and uh, and Quentin Tarantino didn't get the Jaws theme tune. So maybe it's
1: only the poor people,
2: only the poor people that you know that aren't famous, um, winning the technical categories, that it happened to. But it was quite funny. And then any time. Um, they, so they got the Jaws theme tune, and then they went off stage to the Rocky theme tune, which, which I dun, thought was dun, good. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah.
1: I think that's quite good. I mean, I have to be honest, having spoken to Billy Crystal about the... He loves it. Yeah. He absolutely loves it. And you, But it's awe-inspiring, because so many people have done it, and it's got such a big audience. Uh, so over like over a billion all, people. Over a billion, isn't it? Yeah,
2: that? yeah, watching all over the world. Um, but I thought there were some great moments. He got some, um, some really good song and dance routines. There was a, a fantastic moment when they had a, a Chicago... A Le and uh, and which was the other one? They had Chicago, Lameez, and of Dreamgirls, Jennifer yes. Hudson, oh, wow. and it was just a great segue. Daniel Radcliffe at, dance. Daniel, oh, da- before that, Daniel Radcliffe danced and who knew he could dance so well? Ooh. Charlize Ooh. Theron dance. I love him. I think he's fab. Yeah, no, he he was yeah. brilliant. He really, really came into his own. Uh, but the cast of *Lay um did, did the big song and they got a huge standing ovation. Interesting, actually, Adele, because there was a, a big focus on um, Adele going. And of course, she did win the Oscar yes. in the end for Best Original Song for Skyfall. She performed Skyfall and I thought she looked really nervous and pretty <laughs> sort of subdued in comparison to other performances that we've seen her yeah. do. Like, do you remember at yeah. the Brits when she did that uh, sort of, you know, spine-tingling performance? Uh, this is performance? so much bigger,
1: though. This is so much she bigger. She looked so nervous. Yeah. And
2: I guess if you're looking in the crowd and you're seeing all of these incredibly famous faces...
1: Yes. It's just, it's just, it, they're just staring at you. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Oh, um, and she was saying that she was wearing this Burberry dress and it, and it weighed about 15 kilos because it was weighed down with loads of jewels. Is Burberry back
1: in all of a sudden? Is it because the Beckhams have been advertising it? Because you drive past their Knightsbridge store and there's a picture of grinning baby Beckham or whatever his name is. Yeah,
2: well, I think yeah. ever since Christopher Bailey, the guy, came in about sort of five six years ago, he's really brought it. He Got rid of yes. the um, the Burberry the chav image, and uh, yeah, so it is very much well done, Danielle off the Westbrook,
1: nail. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah, destroying it completely. So let's look at the let's look at the uh, the best dressed.
2: Um, For me, uh, it would be Jennifer Lawrence, um, who who won the Best Actress Award. Uh, She was wearing Dior and with this beautiful necklace that was kind of on backwards. And how she kept it on, I don't know, because it sort of was slung over her shoulders and down her back. But it looked really pretty. Um, I thought Nicole Kidman looked great. She was wearing Loren Scott, uh, Mick Jagger's wife. Uh, I mean, Amanda, I mean,
1: she's a designer, is she? Yeah. A... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Amanda Siegfried looked great in Alexander McQueen. Um, Amy Adams was lovely in Manchester. There was lots of metallic on the red carpet, and uh, and I.
1: That was a strange noise. So I was just a thinking buzzing something, noise. A buzzing noise that came in. Was it a bee? I don't know what it was, actually. It frightened <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, so anyway.
2: Yeah, so they, they all looked great, and they were all kind of, like, working this metallic theme. Um, worse dressed. Oh. I didn't like Catherine Zeta-Jones' dress. She actually looked like an Oscar. She'd taken the metallic oh. theme far too far and was just, like, a gold statue.
1: There was rumours about her and her, her marriage, which were in the papers the other week, which their publicists have denied that they've they've sort of had a trial split or something.
2: Okay, well they were showing a very much um, you know a show of solidarity. On right, the red that's carpet. probably why after Absol- the story, yeah, because yeah. he's
1: been filming. Is he is he doing the Liberace?
2: Yes, story? yeah, Yeah, he looked great though, very Did he well. Good? Yeah, considering you know he was so yes. ill, he, he he was looking really really well.
1: I've known her for years.
2: She's got a very strange accent now. Very strange. accent. Very well, good.
1: I mean, she's sort of she's she's she was very clever. She's she, she's very clever at twisting men round her finger. Put it that mm, way. Yeah. She's very good at doing that. Playing. You know. I remember. Was it uh, not not Roger Moore? The other one, Sean Sean Connery. It? Sean Connery said he really fancied the pants of her, you know, because she's like that. She's quite tall. She's, yeah. she's very striking. Mm-hmm. Very oh, striking. Yeah.
2: She performed tonight. She performed. Hasn't uh, so many sitcom.
1: evenings, I should imagine. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it was a real comeback for her. I think, sort of throwing herself back into the yes. into the public eye. Um, but yeah, I wasn't too keen on Worf, the dress. Worst that she dressed was. on there, yeah. And Melissa sure. McCarthy, the bridesmaid star. I am sorry, but I just wasn't a big fan of her dress. I just didn't
1: like. Some it. people, I mean, I, I, to me, I don't like seeing patterned dresses. Mm. You know, it's for the Oscars. It's got to be plain. You know, if you've got the figure, and most of them appear to have the figure. Shit, I've seen some. I saw a beautiful one the other day, which I think Kat Dealy was wearing. And it was it was almost diaphanous. You could see through this thing.
2: Yeah, no, there's a lot of that around. Very, oh, very thin chiffon.
1: Very, very, and it looked it, it looked beautiful. It yeah. really did. If and you've I
2: got thought... the figure to carry it off, I mean, much as um, Rihanna at the the Grammy Awards in that beautiful red dress, which yes. was really see through, very very chiffony. But you like, see, she's you got get, the get figure so much more it. stuff.
1: The girls get all the decent stuff to wear. Men get. Dinner jackets, tuxes. How boring is that?
2: Well, Samuel L. Jackson, if you look at the pictures, he sort of took it a little step further and he was wearing a, a claret, a velvet uh, Suit jacket oh, and a nice. bow tie. So he was experimenting slightly. But I always remember um, speaking to George Clooney, and he said that he wears exactly sorry, the hang same. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, no, sorry. Name we've dropped. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but he, he told me, and I don't know whether this is true or not, that he wears the same tux to every award show because he really can't be bothered. And actually, Denzel Washington said when he was over for the movie Flights, he was nominated in the Best um, Actor category. He said that he's been wearing the same tux to all of the award ceremonies because they say it's for, you know, the women like to get the, all dressed up. And for them, it is really just about putting a suit on and going to the show.
1: Yes, and presumably all the women call the makeup artist in who comes into the house early will do their makeup because it, it has to be perfect. Yeah,
2: and then you still get uh, not a wardrobe malfunction, but poor old Jennifer Lawrence. She hasn't had it good. So at the um, Screen Actors Guild Awards, her dress split, and she went up on stage to collect the award, and her dress was sort of open, nothing showing, but yeah. um, that had split. And then tonight. Uh, she was so shocked to have won Best Actress. She tripped over <laughs> on the way up the stairs to collect the award. So I think that'll be all over the newspapers. Oh, I poor know. Oh, I know. They'll, they'll I still take...
1: remember with, with fond affection the day that Judy Finnegan fell out of her dress.
2: Oh, that was brilliant, wasn't she it?
1: Matt Carries on chatting away blissfully unaware that Had she was on display.
2: Huge bra on show. Huge bra. Huge <laughs> yeah.
1: bra. Joe, thank you. Thanks, Steve. As always, the lovely Joe Parkinson, point 97.3's entertainment editor. We'll have some more from the. Uh, the Oscars a little bit later on. We go through the, uh, the papers as well to find out that even Nigella Lawson has admitted the day she wore the burqa on the beach in Australia, she, she wore a burkini. She's admitted she looked like a hippopotamus. And I have to be honest, it was the most ridiculous outfit I'd ever seen in my entire life. She said, I could see the hippo resemblance. We all could. We all could. She decided to wear it to protect herself from the sun. I mean, you know, I can understand that. We, we keep saying to people, you've got to be careful if you go out there in the sun. And, that's, uh, and that is, is one of those, those things. But it did look absolutely ridiculous. Now, where is this... Um, so we've done the, the tax cheats, haven't we? I've now lost my other little bit of page. You know, I'm, I'm losing paper this morning, like it's going... out. Here it is. This is the website for those of you who want to be reunited with your money. So far... £645 million, ladies and gentlemen, has been reunited with its owners. Because what happens is, you have a bank account. I mean, I don't know how many bank accounts you've got. You might be fortunate and have one bank account. I have lots of bank accounts. I have bank accounts with different banks. Because I decided to do some online... I mean, in fact, all my banking is online. I haven't actually been in a branch of my, of my bank for ages and ages. So, if you move... And it doesn't really apply to me, because I keep a... A close check on them. But if you move, you go abroad, or the family go abroad, or somebody dies, then this bank account sits there. So so far, £645 million has been reunited with its owners. Um, so this is money sitting in untouched bank accounts, building society, and national savings and investments. And I'll give you the um, the details of it. <clears throat> Because it doesn't cost you any money at all, you just register. What they're looking for is for you to provide them with as much information. So, in other words, you know, was this bank account in your name? Was it in a maiden name? What address were you? <coughs> excuse me, were you living at? They want things like that. So, the more information you give them, the more chance there is that they can reunite you with your money. In my case, Miss Six Pound Fifteen Shillings and Tenpence. And that's all I want back. I don't really... I mean, I'm going to do it just as an experiment, see if I can get any money back at all. Because they've definitely got it. I think somewhere I've got the passbook, which is even more funny. So, it is called mylostaccount.org.uk. mylostaccount.org.uk. If you can't remember it, then just go on to Google and type in my lost account, and that will then sort of take you to the website. There are various bits, you know, if you want to sort of chase your money up, or and it's, it's a fairly simple site to operate. So who knows? There might be somebody listening this morning who could be reunited with, you know, a bit of money. Might have even got some interest. You never know. You might, you might be sitting on a small fortune. They do it on the television in the morning, don't they? Air hunters, or whatever they're called. And that's sort of reuniting dead people with money that, you know, other people have left them. And then other people, get they go around and go, Ooh, listen, we, we found your great-uncle Winifred... And, uh, and he's left 13,600. You go, whoopee! Unfortunately, the bad news is he had loads of children, so it's split between 700 of you. So you might, you might as well not bother. You're just going to get a Cadbury's egg at the end of the day. So it's mylostaccount.org.uk, OK? And don't write in in a week's time going, you mentioned a short while ago on your programme, Stephen about how we can be reunited, but I'm not going to repeat it again, Okay, I'm only going to do it the once, because I made a special effort to actually dig it up. And the other one, where you can find out all the tax cheats, might be people you know, is www.hmrc.gov.uk forward slash defaulters. Defaulters. They are defaulters. Hopefully, we can catch all these people out. Don't forget, in an hour, we have in conversation, and on today's shows, we'll catch up with Nadia Sawala and Jill Halfpenny. But first, here's the LBC ninety-seven point three news at five thirty.
0: LBC ninety-seven point three. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen.
1: You're listening to the best bits of Steve Allen from the week. Still a bit throaty, as you can tell, but hopefully by Monday we should be fine. At 6 this morning, we'll have In Conversation with actresses Nadia Sawala and Jill Halfpenny. But for now, let's carry on with my best bits. And this week, we've still been battling through the bad weather. But it does mean I get to watch all my favourite TV programmes. What did I watch yesterday? Oh, I had such a good day yesterday. Bitterly cold, bitterly cold again. And uh, everybody complaining about it and saying, oh, why is it so blooming cold? Why why can we not have a bit of sun? And you go, well, it's February, I'm afraid. It's just about nearly payday. IKEA's meatballs, apparently some of them have got horse in. There's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? It seems to be in just about everything. I don't think there's anything that's been untouched by horse at the moment, including... The 70,000 went missing in Ireland. Plus, I watched... What did I watch? The day before, I'd watched the Made in Chelsea programme, where you suddenly discover that uh, Spencer, the complete waste of space, is still hanging around. Anybody will hang around with him. He's a very dreary, nasty little bully. But uh, I should imagine he was probably equally vile at school. And then I flipped over and then managed to catch in the early hours of this morning... The only where's Essex. Yes, all the usual old drag queens are back out there. Josephine Essex, Sammy Fahirs. What a foul mouth she's got on her. Oh, dear. I'll tell you the story of that one a little bit later. Uh, then I was looking at all the dresses from the Oscars. That's very nice indeed. Lots of people spend a lot of money. And then for some reason, you, you know, you've got all these famous people. And I was going through it. It's nice to see Elton John there with his uh, boyfriend, uh, David Furnish, and their little lad as well. And uh, Elton... So, just, Im, I'm and Bono together, they must look really peculiar, because Elton's got his pink glasses on, so everything's pink. Bono's got these peculiar yellow things on, and oh, God knows what's going on there. And then it's got lots of pictures of all the famous people. I mean, the best picture of ever must be for Adele, who's sandwiched between Barbara Streisand and Shirley Bassey. do not get any better than that, does it? God, dear. Courtney uh, and Kim Kardashian, and then Kelly Osbourne and Miley Cyrus. Also, it's the Oscars, dear. What are you doing there, Kelly? Have you made a little film or something we're not aware of? I don't know what you're doing there. I really don't know what you're doing there. Um, and then the good news is that we've kicked out Samia from the Dancing on Ice, because she couldn't. Uh, but she's vowed to carry on seeing Sylvain L'Enchambon, which is good. So that's fantastic that they're still together until, of course, the next series. And then whoever he gets to pick to dance, he will be with them. Because that's how he works it. Of course, she's too dumb to see it, and I don't like to point it out. It's not my business to sort out people's relationships. It's bad enough in the business as it is without, you know, people having to write, Dear Steve, you know, can you please help me in my relationship? I'm I'm on a reality show, and I'm not sure whether I should go out with, you know, X person or this person or that. I don't know. Tamara Eccleston, you know, nice girl, dim as a plank, I'm afraid. Uh, Her ex fiance faces jail after he was found guilty of trying to blackmail her out of £200,000. Derek Rose, 33, broke down in tears when the jury returned a unanimous verdict. That means every single one of them thought he was absolutely bang out of order, and he's guilty. So anyway, uh, he apparently split from her in 2002. He threatened to sell intimate secrets to the media if she didn't pay. She claimed... or he claimed he was heartbroken after she cheated but a jury found him guilty of blackmail. Well, I mean, there's no excuse for blackmail, is there? No excuse. Silly little girl's blousey is, and he'll be sentenced. I don't know what they give people for things like that nowadays. I was looking at a case the other day, and what was it? It was uh, it was an internet troll. This was the... It was a very bizarre story. I didn't quite fathom out the story to some It was a girl who's going out with this bloke, and anyway, he then starts stalking her and having intimate pictures of her put on the internet. She didn't know it was him. Anyway, they ended up taking him to court. He's a nasty piece of work. And all he got was four months. Out after two. But he's not allowed to go anywhere near her or the family. It was down in Southampton. It was a very interesting one. Very, very interesting one. But uh, at the end of the day, these internet trolls... Apparently even Fern Cotton's been getting internet trolls over the name of her baby. But I'm delighted to say that uh, the police are now clamping down. They can find these people very quickly. And once you drag them into court, they're like little little girls, aren't they? Little girls. They're generally fat, bloated people who dribble a lot. There's something mentally ill with them. And they, uh, they just sort of hide in their little dirty bedsits, you know, writing filth to celebrities. It's a bit sad, really, isn't it? A little, uh, little bit sad. Uh, Pippa Middleton has bagged herself a new job, writing a magazine column for the posh supermarket Waitrose. Her royal hotness has signed a deal to pen Pippa's Friday Night Feast. I hope it's not as crap as the book was. We don't want another load of that, do we? My God, a book on party planning was so patronising. And apparently, she says, my column will be an exciting opportunity to share my own passion and enthusiasm for food and entertaining. I can't wait to get started. I can't wait not to read it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not remotely interested. What did you patronise to her for? So she's got a famous sister... That's the trouble, you know. You bring you bring common people into the royal family, and immediately they take it down a few notches. Shame there. Oh, apparent, Oh, laugh at this one. Laugh at this one for goodness' sake. Could it get any worse? Lauren Poppy. She was uh, she was in the only Where's Essex. I'm not even sure she's still in it. I mean, she's she's some thin, scrawny, form of page three thing, and she's revealed she might be pregnant. Oh, that lovely. She might be pregnant. They're not they're not too sure. This is after jumping in the sack with Kirk Norcross. It's his father, Mick, who's the rather worrying-looking bloke who's got that sugar hut place in Essex. Oh, it all kicked off down there the other day. Oh, it kicked off. I was watching the programme. It kicked off with the ghastly Sam for Ears, otherwise known forever as that foul-mouthed old bag who's going out with Josephine Essex, who's, uh, who's picked... In fact, I think we've got him coming up on our uh, on our free podcast this morning. And uh, it it all kicked off because... Little um, Mario Falcone. Mario Falcone is the boyfriend of Lucy Mecklenburg. This is Lucy who spends most of her time in tears. She's a bit drippy. She's apparently one of those get your boobs out for the boys. She'll do it for anybody. And so she is out with him. It's his birthday. He's 25 and he goes out with two non-entities and a gay boy. You know, it's it was kind of a bit dreary. They just looked a bit sad and lonely. Sitting in a... in in a a sort of a night... I don't know which nightclub they were in, but it obviously wasn't the same one that Lucy was in with the Fahir sisters. And then the Fahir sisters... And if you've never seen this programme, this will mean nothing to you. Okay, so they're standing at the bar, having a little bit of a drink, and there's something else there with... I thought it was Chloe Sims, but uh, it didn't sound like a bloke, so I knew it wasn't Chloe Sims. It was somebody else with too much makeup on. And then these two girls approached, and they were twins. And they, um... They sort of say, oh, would you like some champagne? Kirk sent over some champagne for you. Or Mick. Mick sent over some champagne for you. So Here's the champagne. Champagne, and they're pouring it out for the girls. And the girls... Um, why were the twins wearing the same outfit? Well, because they work at Sugar Hut. They're Sugar Hut honeys. Yeah, otherwise known as waitresses, OK? Waitresses, or something for the tacky boys of Brentwood to leer over. That's what it comes down to. So anyway, so they're pouring out this this shampoo... For the, uh, for the girls and all the rest, of it. you know, nice to see you. And, they were, t- and they, they were being taught how to speak Essex, which was a bit embarrassing, actually, because poor old Sam Fitties. The, the other one, the dreary old bag at the end, which go, shut up, shut up. In fact, this is what people in Essex say. Well, of course, as anybody listening in Essex knows, nobody says that at all, apart from these old baggages with too much makeup on, who look like they could just about make it to the makeup counter at Boots, and anything further than that, you wouldn't let them anywhere near it, because they look a bit cheap. And so they're all standing there, all over-made-up, all sort of, you know, looking very brassy and cheap and tarty. And these two girls are chatting away. And so I didn't th- I mean, obviously I've missed something coming up to this bit in the programme. Because the next scene, we get Sam Fahia. She You can't miss her. She's the one with the very piggy eyes and lots of makeup on and lots of sort of showing off bosom and still standing in nightclubs at her age. Only 22, but looks about 50. And so she's there with Lucy Mecklenburg. And Lucy Mecklenburg... And then one of these twins comes into the ladies' toilet because ladies always go to the toilet in twos. Boys never go to the toilet in twos. If you do, you're in a gay bar, okay? If you're, if you're, you, know, if somebody with says, "Oh, I'll come to the toilet with you," I mean, at least in twos, people say oh, no, 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 you know, and sort of things like that, which is okay, that's fine. And so they're in there, and Lucy Mecklenburg obviously gets wind that something's about to kick off, and so consequently, she, I'm not standing around for this, you know. Was I thought you'd have wanted to? because it actually turned out to be quite interesting. And uh, this girl tries to explain to Sam Fahears, who uh, quite clearly is like some old brassy fishwife, what a foul mouth. Every other word was the fur word. I mean, really, cheap, tarty, you know, everything that was so revolting about the people in this programme came to light in the venom that spewed out of Sam Fahears' mouth. This girl says, listen, you know, we we went to this club and I met him... And, well, she calls her every name under the sun. Sam Fears, without hearing the full story, kicks off big time. You, and uses rude and, and gratuitously rude language. Totally unnecessary. Meanwhile, Lucy Mecklenburg's sobbing somewhere outside it. Nobody gives a stuff about Lucy Mecklenburg. She's such a drip. I'm not at all surprised that that, that, that the boyfriend cheats on her. So anyway, then, because the, uh, the twin can't get the message over to Lucy Mecklenburg, she pitches up at Sam Fears' house. Which is, I mean, a real turkey of a house. Oh, dear God in heaven! Quite clearly, she's not making any money at all in the shop because they'd have moved to somewhere a bit nicer. It's like sort of a bungalow split in half. It really is quite ghastly. And anyway, so we see Lucy waking up in bed with no makeup on, and uh, and then and then we have the the knock on the door, and it's one of these twins. Can't remember her name. She comes in, and so Lucy, says, I don't want to hear, this. I don't want to hear, this. and she starts crying. Of course, I'm I'm wetting myself laughing. I'm wetting myself because I'm thinking, I know what's going to happen. And Lucy goes, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to know about it. She says, well, I want to tell you. I want to tell you that I met him in a club in Manchester, for want of a better place to go to. And uh, he he came on to me and we held hands and that was it. Nothing else happened. And so Lucy, did you, did, did, oh, get the words out, I'm thinking. Get the words out, girl. Did, 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 did you sleep with him? And she goes, no. He wanted to, but I said no. She said, I'm just letting you know what he's like. Well, of course, Lucy Mecklenburg, who's thick as a brick, knows exactly what he's like. Because this isn't the first time that little Mario has played away from home. But, of course, Lucy's either got him or she's got nobody. Nobody at all. So she's kind of thinking it's probably better to stick with him. And so in the end, you've got to get out of Sam's house, get out of Sam's house. And this girl has been quite honest. Listen, he's tried it on with me a few times. No, I haven't slept with him. We just held hands and walked around the club. I just thought I'd tell you, but because if you're thinking of getting married, because there was talk, wasn't there, of little Luce and, uh, and Mario Falcone getting married. And she's saying, this. I'm just telling you now, he'll be like this for the rest of his life. So, well-known doormat, Lucy, And we had the old tears and the old, you know, turning on the old waterworks thing. And all I'm thinking is, why don't you just kick him out? Why did you just kick her? All I want to know is the truth. She's just told you the truth. She's told you on camera. We held hands. No, we didn't sleep together, Lucy. Try and engage your brain, OK? Kick him out. Chuck all his stuff out or do whatever. If you're in his house, you go find somewhere else, all right? Try and stop being a victim, love. Try and be... Try and be a bit grown-up. I know it's not easy. You're from Essex. You've started with a handicap. But at least try and make some sort of blooming effort, for goodness sake. He's done it before... He'll do it again. If you're stupid enough to stick with him, more fool you. Sometimes I think I should be a relationship coach for the cast of The Only Way Essex. Well, let's have another quick break here, after which we talk about what games you like to play as a child.
0: LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with the best of Steve Allen.
1: Welcome back. On Tuesday, before I lost my voice completely, we talked about what games you used to play when you were younger. Cowboys and Indians. Apparently kids prefer playing games like that where they can use their imagination rather than computer games. We never had computer games when I was young. We didn't well, we didn't have computers for a start, but we didn't have anything like that. You had to, you know, if you went out, you did use your imagination. I can't imagine, you know, now as an adult how it works. I, I watch my my godchildren, well, my youngest, and watch her playing with her dolls and things like that, and I find that fascinating because she's she's immersed in her own little world. You know, she, and she's talking to herself while she's doing it. And I thought, we used to do the same. And Cowboys and Indians was the favourite game. I think I was a cowboy most of the time. Occasionally, I became an Indian. And, uh, and that was good. You'd be on your horses, and you'd gallop around. And we've had endless fun. So I was quite delighted when this recent survey came out, saying that, in fact, computer games, you know, today's little kids want to use their imagination. They like, they like dressing up. We never had a dressing up box. Well, we did. We called it a wardrobe and we never had anything because we weren't rich. We weren't rich. Somebody here says, uh, this is Cliff. He says, I how love every day. You take me back to a childhood memory, although sadly we were too poor for honey. We had golden syrup on bread. We had a tin of golden syrup, but it was all congealed around the top. It was a metal tin, wasn't it? He said, did you ever used to tip a spoonful of tea into the sugar bowl and make lumps of sugar? No, but we used to put sugar onto bread sandwiches. You'd butter a piece of bread, and it wasn't butter. We didn't have bread. I think we had margarine a lot of the time, and then we'd sprinkle sugar on the top. We'd eat sugar, and if we went out to transport cafes down the motorway, we used to take the uh, the sugar packets and pour them into our mouths. It's small wonder we had no teeth by the time we were eighteen. Ridiculous! That's, but that's what you did. That's what you did. I'm afraid um, it's worse than I can remember. Says Robin in Battersea. Who is that caricature gay boy? A sort of Gokwan wannabe? Oh, he's awful. I can't remember his name now. Somebody told us earlier on. And poor Gemma, suffering with thyroid problems again. She's writing an autobiography. It'll be read by nobody apart from the proofreader. Why anybody be remotely interested in a woman who can barely string any words in the English language together, I don't know. I really don't know. But the whole bubble will burst the moment... You know, they, they start changing the cast. And I'm surprised that they haven't started ditching people. You know, I think we've seen enough from the Fahirs sisters. They don't really add anything to the programme. Joey Essex is as stupid as he was first time round. Arge is just a complete waste of space. They could have. But obviously, in Brentwood, people are too embarrassed to appear on it. Because that's where it all centres around. It's all around Brentwood. Go anywhere else in Essex, these people do not exist. Believe you me, they don't exist. As I said before, we've been to the Essex shows, we've been all over the place, and they don't look like this. These, these troweled-on, trolled-up you know, people who are wandering are only in Brentwood. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, top tip for mobile phone batteries, says, Wendy, buy a spare battery online. You can't do that for the iPhone, it is true. You can get them for around 10 quid or less. I got two for £17 for my Samsung Galaxy. Charge it up a phone, then put it in the wallet in case your phone runs out. Simples. It is. Yeah, you can't do it. Isn't it funny? But the only phone I've ever had, the iPhone, where you cannot, I'm afraid, change the battery. Can't do anything. I'm not even sure if you can change the... Uh, there isn't a SIM card, is there, I don't think. Is there a SIM card? What, in, in the iPhone? Good Lord. Yeah, the producer knows all sorts of things like that. Isn't it funny? She doesn't know certain people who are on the television, but she knows about a SIM card. Ooh! Very exciting for a Tuesday. Very exciting. Um, Holly says, I had a voice teacher in the bitter cold of Minnesota, who taught us to wear something warm around our throats and keep our mouths closed when we went outside so we wouldn't shock our vocal cords with the chill. I recommend this for you. By the way, you have a wonderful laugh. I'm, I'm a speech presenter. How can I manage that? Going outside and not being able to say anything. I did try... The other, it was so cold the other day. There was somebody who came into Paul's shop and he said he'd been in America where it was minus 17 degrees. And I, I, I felt like saying to him, listen, I've been in the Arctic Circle where it's been minus 30 Minus thirty. It's it's the most. Oh, that really is cold. I mean, that is cold. Whichever way you look at it, minus thirty is uh, is very very, very very cold. Um, Your voice sounds totally different from chloroceptic. Says Mark. <laughs> he says I wondered who would actually replace Steve Allen. Somebody sounding a lot butcher by the sound of it. I suspect a lot butcher. Eight four eight five zero. Can you show us a picture of Christian with his new glasses? No, Joe. We can't. He's not not a celebrity. He's not available to be sort of handed around and passed around the building like some sort of novelty you win on a stall at the fun fair. No, you just have to take my word for it. Um, Neil says, I thought I'd tune into Radio Deirdre Barlow again. Ken or Ken. We like that, don't we, from Coronation Street? He said, Are you going to make your voice disappear before our very eyes live on stage on Saturday? I'm hoping it's coming. I tell you what's brilliant, though. Spent all this money on all these things and black coffee. Warm black coffee, <clears throat> which started off as boiling hot black coffee, is by far the best thing. You know the reason? No milk. And the reason no milk is because dairy products for broadcasters are a no-no. Now, I'm as, I'm as guilty as the next person. I do drink dairy product. I don't have that much dairy product. I always have semi skim milk at home. I don't do the full skim stuff because that's, that's just a, it's water with a little bit of white colouring in it, which looks ridiculous. But uh, I haven't drunk full fat milk for years and years and years. Uh, I don't take sugar. I try not to do too much bread. I try, I'm not I'm not a, an addict for bread. I do like a little bit of bread, but I've tr- I try not to do too much of it. I try and be healthy, but it, I do fail most of the time, as I'm sure the doctor is going to tell me today. I've just got this horrible feeling I'm in for the, the biggest caning of my life today. It's awful. Uh, Little Julie says, I hope the cough clears. I have a cold started yesterday. (coughs) The one thing I don't have is a cold. I've got a silly cough, which, you know, I woke up this morning and my chest was hurting. And the reason is I've coughed so much that I've sort of, I've given myself a pain on the chest. It's pathetic, isn't it, really? Uh, Howard says, I see that IKEA will be stocking flat pack horse boxes due to the increase of horse burgers. (laughs) And as for the... uh, As for the meatballs, don't even ask. That could be absolutely terrible. Uh, Paul says, come dine with me. The guy on come dine was a nobody by the name of John Morton. If memory serves, he spent serious cash flying in the ingredients and chucked all the guests out at the end. Well, he was awful. He was was so, so rude to these poor women in there. He appeared, I mean, I wasn't sure if he was doing it for effect, because in the real world, somebody would have laid him out by now, because he was just so... He was so immature. One of the women said to him, you're so immature. But whatever she said, he said, I don't care. I don't care. She said, you're a nasty person. He said, I don't care. What's the worry? Uh, The finger was in the tomato and prawn starter. Reece Sally Morgan, Danny Dyer, was asked about the reading she gave him on her show. He declared it was a load of old pony. And that's the only part I can repeat. (laughs) Yeah, well, it, it appeals to people, doesn't it? People like that kind of thing. I can't knock it. All I can say is it's a load of old bunkum. Every time I turn on the television and there's sort of a green picture, I know it's going to be that woman from Blue Peter doing another one of her most haunted things. It's, it's the biggest pile of rubbish that you've ever seen on the television. I don't know why we put up with it. The Americans like that kind of thing. It's, it's really not for us at all. Yvette Fielding, I mean, who looks like some vamp on the programme, but people buy into it. They want, they want to believe in this kind of old toffee of course they do. You know, what I would love to see is some, you know, a ghost sitting there on the Jeremy Kyle show or with Alan Titchmarsh or sitting there with Lorraine. On second thoughts, actually, most of the guests on Lorraine could be ghosts at some point. And I just have them sitting there and conducting an interview. You know, all this rubbish about spirits from the other side and Sally Morgan going, Oh, I've got your father here with me now. It, he said, Have you looked in the tobacco tin? You know, you come up with... Most of the time they go, mm, don't think so. Our top three nicked items, says Paul... TV remotes, robes, in fairness they were 75 quid a pop, and when we got them, before they were screwed down, plasma TVs. Oh, I've seen people trying to nick plasma TVs from uh, from Argos. Two lads came in there and they were trying to work out how to disconnect the alarm system to run out with a television. Have you ever seen anything like it? He said, before you say that's Manchester for you, at least we don't chuck gay couples out of bedrooms. One of my friends thought the younger of the two was a Gareth Gates look-alike. McVitie is changing ingredients, whether it's hot mail, business biscuits, TV shows, sweets, or even Frey bentos pies. When I see new improved, my heart sinks. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Doesn't that apply to so many things nowadays? Does that not apply to so many things? You know, sometimes people move things and change things just for the sake of change. And to be honest with you, it's you know, it really doesn't work. I promise you. I work in two bars, says Liz. Two bars, there you go. That's a very very large legs. Specialising in Belgian beers and every Monday we have to totally replenish the shelves as eighty percent of the glasses are stolen. Oh, are they are they decorated glasses? I've I've seen I did a programme with Belgian beers once, and they get lots of decorated glasses. They're really quite attractive. So perhaps that's why. I suspect it's probably nice glasses. We then see them on eBay. People think they buy a drink, get the glass for free. I saw a bloke pinching a newspaper the other day in Starbucks. Yes, all right. I've been back to Starbucks. But uh, he, he sort of bought his, um, his food and his coffee. He sat down, he picked up the, uh, the newspaper and sat down. I thought, wait a minute, you've got to pay for it. It's not free. It's not a lending library a lending library uh no charlie i didn't i didn't get sorry i'm just talking to charlie girling who's uh who's with me later on today uh yes she did ask over the weekend but nothing arrived in so i'm just having another chat with charlie okay just for anybody wondering what on earth is going on uh robin says i'm loving the uh the new sexy voice he says lovely very gravelly yes i'm not sure that gravelly is is the kind of thing that work i did know this bloke in vienna he had the deepest voice ever and so he could only do voiceovers. You couldn't do a programme because you'd be lulled into sleep. You would disappear. And the voice is a lot better than it was. It was it was pretty dire earlier on, I'm afraid. Um, uh, both my brother and my son collect bar memorabilia. They have large collections of branded glasses. Both tell me they ask the manager and don't just take them. Well, what? They cost money, these things. But I know that the Belgian glasses for all the beers are actually quite expensive. And so people... People do pinch them. I have been known myself over the years to pinch glass. Not I mean, not for years and years and years. I mean, goodness sake, I don't even drink beer, so it doesn't really help. It's something everyone does, I'm sure. Don't forget you can download the full podcast of the show from the LBC 97.3 website, which is lbc.co.uk, as well as the free extra podcast, which is up there every day, barring the last three. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. I should be back with you tomorrow morning from 4am, having rested my voice completely. After the break, though, you'll hear from Nadia Sawala and Jill Halfpenny. But first, the news at six.